to Bleck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Also, always live on the ESPN Chicago app. Download that ESPN Chicago app on your app stores. Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. They are both enjoying the night off as we cycle closer and closer to Christmas. And we've got the Bears on Christmas Eve. We'll get to some Bears in just a little bit. Also, want to talk to you about a little bit of Christmas and some Christmas gifts and gift giving. We'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Of course, we've got the song of the night as well, a little after 6.50. But we start today on this All Calls Welcome Friday, brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. And we start with the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. I think this game holds a little bit of significance for Justin Fields. After today, he will have played against the four worst defenses, according to DVOA. That is the Packers, the Denver Broncos, and the Washington Commanders. And, of course, on Sunday, he gets the Arizona Cardinals. And with Justin Fields, we are still in this cycle of trying to find out, is he going to be the guy of the future, or do the Bears have to go out and try to acquire a quarterback, whether it be via draft, free agency, or trade this offseason? A lot of plates in the air right now in terms of how this team is going to navigate the quarterback position for the future. And I think with this Cardinal game, I almost equate it to the first day of the Masters. Justin Fields is not going to seal his fate and win the job for next year based on what he does on Sunday. He can go out, he can look fantastic, but we will always know in the back of our minds that it was coming against the 32nd rated defense in all football. Yes, dead last. However, I think he can lose the job for next year based on his result of what he does on Sunday. If Justin does not look good, if it's a lot of the stuff we saw against the Browns where, in reality, he only contributed to three points out of the 17 that the Bears scored with one of the touchdowns coming of the defensive variety and the other he led a one-yard drive that was maybe the most difficult one-yard drive of all time in football history. So I don't think he can win the job for next year, but he can lay forth another brick on the path to becoming the quarterback of the future next season. I think there's a lot that he has to still do to get to that hump ultimately. I haven't liked what I saw the last couple of weeks, whether it be the Viking game, whether it be the Browns game, there still is a lot to be desired in that category right now. And of course, the Bears falling short last week and a lot of it coming down to the offensive struggles, albeit the defense was the one that collapsed in the fourth quarter. But let's not act like the offense didn't contribute to some of those defensive collapses. I mean, you talk about eight, three and outs, not getting your defense some rest on the sidelines there, especially in that second half. That's part of where the offense can sometimes hurt the defense, and it allows Joe Flacco to throw for more than 200 yards in the fourth quarter. All of that needs to be a part of the calculus when you're evaluating Justin Fields. But I want to hear from you, the Bears fans. 312-332-3776. How do you feel about what Justin can do to try to solidify his job for next season? And one of the things that I have been adamant about all year long and even into the offseason as well about what I need to see from Justin Fields to be the quarterback of the future for next season. 
is not how many yards he throws for. It's not how many yards he rushes for. It's not how many touchdowns he throws. I needed to see his play be a cause for winning. And today, in the Chicago Sun-Times, Patrick Finley wrote a fantastic piece kind of detailing how Justin Fields and the Bears are the league's worst when it comes time for a fourth-quarter rally. And that's one of the things that I've been really intrigued with watching this year because I feel like we have seen a lot of cookie-cutter scenarios for Justin Fields to go out there and execute. A lot of pretty much perfectly crafted two-minute and four-minute drives for this team and this offense. And Justin has come up short in a lot of them. And we've seen, I think, the the way that you kind of sum up 2023 in the NFL, it's been the year of the mid-quarterback. We have not seen great quarterback play across the board. And we have seen some odd names that, I mean, these guys weren't even good in college, and they've come out and played and gotten results and won games in the NFL this year. I mean, Aiden O'Connell, Tommy DeVito, Jake Browning, these guys have done some things that you would have never thought. I mean, even in college, if you had some of their teammates, I bet they would tell you, that guy's not going to win a game in the NFL. He can barely win games for us here in college. And then all of a sudden, the switch is flipped, and they've gone out and had some success in the NFL. But I think that when you look back on Justin Fields and some of the things that I wanted to see, I wanted to see what do you look like in the fourth quarter? What do you look like when the game is on the line? What do you look like when your team needs a drive here? And that's something that Justin just has not delivered this season. So these numbers that Patrick Finley dug up, when trailing with four minutes or less to play, Justin Fields' passer rating this year is 22.1. That is last among the 26 quarterbacks who have thrown at least 20 passes in that situation. The next closest is almost double of what Justin's is, and that's Gardner Minshew with a 42.4. Just for comparison to, Josh Allen is currently the NFL's leader in passing passer rating with four minutes or less to play. He's at 140.8, nearly seven times what Justin is in that situation. In those four-minutes situations, no one has thrown more interceptions than Justin Fields, who has four, and only six have thrown for fewer yards than Justin Fields. And think about it. In those situations there, you're trying to go out and move the ball, push the ball down the field. Those are cookie-cutter, tailor-made passing situations that you need out of Justin Fields there. So the struggles have been well-documented. You've heard about what the fourth quarter as a whole struggles have been like all season long and really ever since Justin has been here we've only seen him truly lead one fourth quarter drive and that came earlier this season against the Minnesota Vikings in a game where your offense scored zero touchdowns and that's me if I'm a Bears fan is pretty concerning because you want to go out there and see that you're a quarterback that you can win because of. And I talk about some of these other guys with scattered throughout the league that are going out and winning some of these games. Listen, they don't have great supporting casts either. I mean, you look at the Giants. They don't have pieces around Tommy DeVito. 
You look at the the Las Vegas Raiders. They have one piece around Aiden O'Connell, and they've gone out. I mean, they put over 60 points on the board a week and a half ago. So there's still, for me, I have seen a lot of question marks. There's still a lot of things. that, and And then I see a guy last night in Matthew Stafford, who has just been was just zipping the ball all around the field, and it makes me think like there's still a long way to go. And say what you want about Matthew Stafford, but he's a top half quarterback in the NFL. There's still a long way to go for Justin to even look like that. They're very far off from getting to that point. But what do you think? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to join us here, Big Al is on the south side. What's up, Big Al? Hello. Good evening. Good hey, yeah. What's going on, man? I, 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 I listen to I listen to all the talk radios a lot because I'm a truck driver, mm-hmm. and I'm not a I'm not a huge Justin Field fan. But my biggest concern is the main thing everybody keeps talking about is how how he what he don't do his numbers, especially when they talk about his record. Last year we were designed a tank. Mm-hmm. The first year Matt Nagy wasn't ready. He didn't use him the proper way. Then you got the year we were trying to tank, and actually this is the first year that he actually started to get some pieces. And I think the offensive coordinator, just he, he's, he's not using Justin the correct way. And when the guy got that much talent, we're not, don't go by what I say, but if you listen around the uh, NFL, you hear pros talk about they scared. When you hear a, a team talk about they scared or they fear a player because of his skill set, and then we don't use them right. To me, most of the stuff is all about coaching because a lot of times all you hear them talk about is how long he holds the ball. But a lot of times, dramatic players hold the ball because they keep thinking that they're going they're going to make something happen with their skill set. So, in the same token, is you got Patrick Mahomes, which is my, my favorite player, and uh, mm-hmm. mainly because the Bears overlooked him as my favorite <laughs> player in the yeah. NFL. He having a bad year. Why? Because he don't have no weapons. And I used to be. Tom Brady, he left New England because Belichick didn't want to keep him no weapons. So he went somewhere where he can get weapons. What did he do? He went another Super Bowl. And he, Tom Brady, he need help. So you got a young guy coming into the NFL, and he hasn't had no structure to develop from with all this talent he got, but he get all the blame. And I understand. He still got some growing to do, but I was a player myself. And I understand. You don't have confidence. If this if, if Gessie not giving him plays to give him confidence, then and they not they should be working on his release at least once an hour when they have practice. We just gonna have you throwing a receiver open. A lot of times they say Justin he waits to see the guy open before he throw the ball. But if they practice you gotta throw to DJ Moore before he open, they practice that in practice, then he would start to get that confidence. But I don't know how they how they practice him with this guy. But all I know is this guy's getting the biggest fear is like uh, Lori Marketing from uh, the the, yeah. the Bulls. Uh-huh. He, we had all this time. He goes somewhere else. He makes the All Star game. The biggest fear we have is is uh, Jesse gonna go somewhere else, and we gonna say we had him here, and he's gone. And I get it if I'm the GM about to reset the quarterback, but a lot of this stuff is not on Justin. And I understand he could be a better person, but to me, I think it's coaching. And I'm gonna let you guys have the, have the floor. Thank you for accepting my call. Merry Christmas. 
Merry Christmas to you as well, Big Al. Appreciate the call. Big Al on the south side, 312-332-3776. If you want to join us here, what more does Justin need to show you? And is this kind of a tipping point moment for him? Because right now he hasn't shown me that he can be a winning quarterback in the NFL. He hasn't. He's got three wins on his ledger so far this season. And I get, I'm not going to hold last year against him in terms of the wins and losses, but this year was supposed to be a year where you took a significant step forward with the quarterback. And you don't see a lot of guys become these guys that just figure it out in year four. It's usually year three, and that's when things have to start to click. And I'm going to give you a couple examples of some guys and what the ceiling is, even if Justin does work out and figure it out after this, why it's probably not going to be here in Chicago. Tyler Rocky in for Bleck and Abdallah here on an all-calls welcome Friday on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. in for Bleck and Abdallah tonight. Happy holidays to all of you out there. We'll talk a little Christmas later on. After all, it is a All Calls Welcome Friday. Brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. 312-332-3776. Anything on your mind, we'll hear it here on Bleck and Abdallah with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Don't forget, you can find us on the ESPN Chicago app. Take us on the go whenever you are out. I use it all the time when I'm out at the grocery store. You're listening in your car, and then you get out, and then you just pop in your earbuds and then go grocery shopping with the ESPN Chicago app firing off. So always love tuning in on the ESPN Chicago app. Reggie is in Richmond talking Justin Fields with you and what your expectations are for this Sunday and beyond. What's going on, Reggie? What's going on? Why do y'all always criticize Fields? Well, he is the quarterback. I think if if you listen in every single city... The talk is always about the quarterback. It's just the way that the the nature of the NFL is and football in general. If y'all we were talking like high school he, football like at all, he's the, the, the only person on that team. It, it, it's the most important person on that team. Is that not true, Reggie? Yeah, it is. But he can't he can't do no blocking by himself. He can't he can't uh, be the pass receiver. He can't be the running back. He's the quarterback. He need help. I'm not blaming him for drop passes. I'm not blaming him for missed blocks. None of those are his issue. I'm that's blaming him for the receivers that he misses when he all throws the football. Long. All day long. That's all y'all do is criticize that kid. Is there not criticism? Is he immune to criticism, Reggie? Yeah, everybody immune to get criticized, but that's all y'all do all day long. Nobody else but feels like he's the only person on, on the team. Listen, if Justin Fields didn't want the criticism, then he shouldn't play quarterback. But I think he's willing to accept it. I, I think he understands the role. And that's one of my big, in terms of like positive affirmations of Justin Fields, th- this is one of the best leaders I think we've seen in Chicago at, on the Bears in quite some time. Like That is a guy who I think rallies the troops, get guys, gets guys behind him. I think that's something that Justin does really, really well, at least from the outside. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not... 
I'm not in those pregame huddles. I'm not even in the, the huddle on the field, but that's the, a leader of men. It feels like that's what Justin is. Y'all act like y'all are. What was that? I said y'all act like y'all are. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you for the call, Reggie. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not in those. I, I don't even do I act like I'm in those? I don't think I do. Maybe I do. I don't know. But three one two three three two three seven seven six talking about the Bears, some of their fourth quarter struggles as Patrick Finley had a good piece on the Chicago Sun Times about the Bears and how they are the league's worst when it comes time for a fourth quarter rally. One of the things too that is I think notable with Fields as well. He's never he's led the field goal drive, but he's never led a touchdown drive in crunch time like that. And he's had a lot of situations come up. So if the the Bears are down by four points, it doesn't instill a lot of faith in in your quarterback that he can go out and make that sort of drive at the end. We haven't seen that game winning go ahead or game tying touchdown drive out of Justin Fields. Three one two three three two three seven seven six if you want to join us here. On Bleck and Abdallah, Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. Jose's in Munster. What's up, Jose? Hey, how's it going, man? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you, Jose. Awesome, man. I got a couple things. Um, I really think Justin is the guy, man. I think uh, we, you know, start over with whoever the Bears want to get as far as Williams or the other, you know, the dudes in the draft. I think we're going to be back in the same old, same old. Also want to add, I mean, just touching base on the uh, last Brown game. What's mm-hmm. up with Tunyon? You know, dropping a it's ball. Bad. Mooney, don't even get me started with him. Dude has proven that he will be, at best, a third option in the league. So it's just frustrating. I'm actually going to the game on Sunday, and I think uh, we can win by at least two touchdowns. Uh, last thing I want to just point out for, you know, anyone else listening, how about the Bulls? Yeah. yeah the loser not playing anymore. Levine, <laughs> that guy's a bum. Get him off the team. Bonafide loser, never won at any level, high school, college. And I hope we trade him and hope he never plays the game again. Go Bears, baby. Let's go. Go Bears, bear down, and, and see red, too. How about the Bulls, the way that they're playing? Eight and three in their last 11, all of which coming without Zach Levine. So some good things happening there. I've loved watching Kobe White as well. But getting back to the Bears, and I think Jose brought up something that's warranted to talk about here and that is the darnell mooney situation you know a lot of one of the things that i've always noticed with darnell mooney over the course of his career is that his stats year to year are never as good as you think they are like we always talked about oh wow like darnell mooney had such a great rookie year he caught 61 passes for 631 yards had four touchdowns Now, the next year, I thought he was fantastic when he was thrust into the number one situation with the Bears, but really wasn't a number one. You got a half-assed Allen Robinson season that year, but he had 81 catches, over 1,000 yards, 1055, and then four touchdowns that year. But last year, even though he lost five games he still was under 500 yards that season this year he's on pace for a little bit over that he's at 409 right now with a couple of games left to play three left to go and my thing with Mooney is that he is a nice piece but I think he's actually one of the biggest victims of Justin Fields how many times do you see Darnell Mooney it's just missed and Tom Waddle laid it out pretty well 
I thought the other day about how there just seems to be no chemistry and no connection between Mooney and Fields. And that's what might be the most disheartening thing about this season is because Mooney and Fields, you would have thought those guys would have the best chemistry out of anybody on the roster because there was the tenure together. Remember when Justin was drafted by the Bears and was not the starter? It was Mooney who was the one running routes with him after practice, sticking around, helping Justin get an extra work. They trained together in the offseason, including this past offseason. Like, it's very odd and very peculiar. And Troy Aikman pointed it out, too, on that Monday night game against the Vikings, where, and he even said, too, it's a lot of plays like this where Mooney's open and Justin just misses him. And it seems like it, that's become a trend this year between Darnell Mooney and and Justin Fields. And that's one of the disheartening things to see about this year, especially for Mooney, who's in a contract year and is probably going to have to take a one-year prove-it deal next year. And I don't know or think it's it's going to be in Chicago. I think it'll probably be elsewhere for Darnell Mooney next season. Three one two three three two three seven seven six is the number if you want to join us here. Frank's in Park Forest. What's up, Frank? Oh yes, um, I want to say first off, I do like Justin Fields. He's a very nice young man, but I think they should trade him. I thought this, the stats you gave in the last four minutes of passing of, of the game were very, very enlightening. Uh, my own opinion on Justin is pretty much summed up by Justin himself after the second game, where he said he wanted to play his way. And the coaches were giving him too much. I think at that point he lost the offensive coordinator and probably the general manager. Uh, I just don't see uh, how you can go forward with a quarterback who appears not to even want to be a pocket passer. And if you sign him to a contract based on his running, what do you do if you get he gets an ACL injury in the first game next year? I like the kid, but I think you have to move him. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call, Frank. Appreciate it there. I, I... I look at just, and listen, I want it to work. I've wanted it to work so badly. This city has been desperate for a quarterback, but it just doesn't look like he is the answer at the position. The best case scenario for the Bears would be if this worked out and he was the answer at the position and you would get to give him a boatload of money. Like That's the thing that people don't understand is the ability to pay a quarterback is a privilege because it means you found the guy that can progress your franchise forward and put you in the running every single year as a team that can make the playoffs and ultimately get to the Super Bowl if everything else breaks right. It doesn't seem like Justin Fields is a quarterback that's capable of getting his team to the playoffs. And I mentioned earlier before I hit the last break about figuring things out in year three. Like you saw it with Jalen Hurts. You've seen it with Josh Allen, Tua, All these guys, and it's the quote-unquote blueprint that the Bears were supposed to follow with this quarterback, and it really was a Justin Fields-led template that was laid out there. But the guys who don't figure it out in those first three years, who are those guys that still end up making it in the NFL? Well, they're Geno Smith, they're Alex Smith, and they're Ryan Tannehill, who are serviceable NFL quarterbacks but they're not guys that you feel good about taking to a Super Bowl. So if I tell you that Justin Fields' ceiling is a Geno Smith, Alex Smith, or Ryan Tannehill-level quarterback, that's not good enough. That's not good enough to pass up rolling the dice on a quarterback number one overall in the draft. It's not. And anyone that tells you 
it is, is settling for a bar that is way too low right now. It needs to be better than that in this city. It really does. And we need to to find that quarterback. And you're given the best opportunity that you've had in franchise history to do it in this upcoming draft. Because of the Panthers pick that you've accumulated, because of the fact that your draft pick is in all likelihood going to be inside the top 10, all of that stuff put together, you, you have to go out and find the quarterback if you can. And I think the draft is the best way to do that right now. 312-332-3776. Alex is in Buffalo Grove. What's up, Alex? Hey, uh, really quick. I mean, if Justin Fields has you know a good couple of games the last few games of the year, where is his trade value to Atlanta or Pittsburgh? Is it even worthwhile to entertain that? Or where are we really? I mean, I'm concerned because Caleb Williams, the fact that Malachi Nelson just transferred out of USC could be a red flag that Caleb Williams is saying. And well, I don't they, think any other USC actually just got a transfer quarterback, Will Rogers. Okay. So that's, that's what I'm guessing why Malachi Nelson transferred out of USC, and he was a highly regarded quarterback. Wouldn't that be tampering, though, if, if, they, if Malachi Nelson knew Will Rogers was coming there prior to the portal being open? Isn't that Malachi Nelson, he, he was a recent entry into the transfer portal. He was, like, within the last week, wasn't he? He was, and then the Will Rogers came after that, I believe. So that, my concern is still that what if Malachi Nelson knows Caleb's staying, and now we've got a major concern in our hands that Drake May is not, a number, he's not the number one pick of the draft. And now we've got to trade down again. And so we either have to trade Justin, say, Bajan's our quarterback, or we have to you know, make something happen with Justin one more year and hope we get something good next year. Well, listen, if I'm Ryan Poles and, and I don't think any of the quarterbacks in the draft, whether Caleb goes or not, I think it's like a 99% chance he is going to declare for the NFL draft. If I'm Ryan Poles and I don't like any of the quarterbacks more than I like Justin Fields, I'm sticking with Justin Fields. You have to take the, the best available... Or, or choose the best available path for yourself at quarterback. And it might be Justin Fields. I don't know what Ryan Poles' thought process, how he feels about his quarterback right now. Maybe he sees someone he likes more in free agency. Maybe there's someone in the trade market that he can acquire that is a little bit more appetizing to, to Ryan Poles. I don't know where his mind is at right now. But that's the million, billion dollar question right now for this Chicago Bears team is can they figure this out? And that's why Ryan Poles, this decision is ultimately going to be whether or not he's going to see a second contract with the Chicago Bears. It is. Tyler Rocky in for Bleck and Abdallah tonight. We'll take more of your calls when we come back. 312-332-3776. Talking Bears with you on an All Calls Welcome Friday. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. I did not get the memo today. It is Black Ugg Friday here. I mean, both. I've got Justin Pottinger, Sean Graney with me today. Both of them have on their black Ugg slippers today. And I'm left out. I didn't get the memo. Didn't get the memo. I, ca- I came in early, you though. You came in, slipped up. I-, I told you, too. Like, 
damn, like you look cozy right it was, now. It you was walked pre, in. I tweeted out a picture of you. Pre-day decided. You know, I'm like, you know what? It's Friday. It's the Friday it's terrible before. Outside, like, yeah, yeah look it's outside. awful it's outside. Horrible. So I walked here, put these slippers in my bag. The second I got here, threw them on. When do you throw them on? Elevator? When did I throw them on? I think I think in the kitchen because you know what I think okay, I put like some in kitchen, food yeah. in the fridge. But the second I did, dude, th- threw those puppies on. Been here so all day. So what do you do with your other shoes? They're, They're in the bag over here. Yeah, no, you know what? I'm oh, comfortable you, though. I'm comfortable. But, but like, you're not putting wet shoes in your bag, right? No, no, they're out here. Okay. Yeah. You, so you're just letting your your shoes stink. Just letting them air dry. dry. Yeah. You know how it's been. Yeah. Let the dogs dry. Yeah. 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 I didn't get the memo though, and I'm disappointed now. I'm I, cozy. I'm cozy. Yeah. I've I've been told that those UGG slippers are the move. Like those are the thing now. My girlfriend has a pair. They're not like what you guys have, where like folds up at the like it goes around the heel. They're more like a slide almost. Like more indoor, just slipper wear. Because what me and Sean got on, like these these guys can be worn outside a little bit. Same exact slippers. We do have the same ones on. Yeah, we know what's going on. Oh, so comfortable. All right, talking bears with you here on this Black Ugg Slipper Friday here on Black and Abdallah, 312-332-3776 if you want to join us here on the show. And we've been talking a lot about Justin Fields. I think here's one of the things that I've really wanted to see out of this Bears team and out of Fields as he comes down the stretch here. And really since he came back from the injury, but what does it look like against the good defenses? That he's played. So I, I compiled his stats against the top 16 teams defensively, according to DVOA. And this season, he has played in five and a half of those games. All right. He's got Cleveland, Detroit twice, Kansas City, and then Minnesota one and a half games that he's played. So I took all of his stats from those games and I added them up. These are teams in the top half in DVOA. So I'm not saying top 10. Top five, top half, 16 best in defensive DVOA. And Justin Fields in those games is averaging 163 yards per game passing on a 59% completion percentage with a five to six touchdown to interception ratio. On the ground, he's rushing for 50 yards per game with two rushing touchdowns and two fumbles. And If you take out the half against Minnesota, the passing yards go from 163 to 180. He had less than 60 in that game. So he didn't get to finish out the game there. But I, and that's the thing. I'm not asking for Justin against these top half teams to go out, throw for 270, even throw for 250. Like, if you could be at like 230 in this era of the NFL against top half of the league defenses, that's good enough. That's good enough to get you into the playoffs and be a win because of quarterback. But 163 yards per game against the top half defenses, I need to see what it looks like against the best because when you get to the playoffs, and I rattle off all those teams, the majority of them are going to the playoffs or have a chance to go to the playoffs. And if you can't do it against those teams, then what makes you think that switch is all of a sudden going to flip at some point? 312-332-3776. Let's go to Thad in Streeterville. What's up, Thad? Hey, 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 guys, man. Hey, I, hey you know what? I, I know the hot topic is about Justin Fields, and, and I like the kid. I like the wild plays, but I'm a Bear fan first. And, um, and I really feel in my heart to heart that, hey, let's, 
let's let's build through this draft, man. Let's uh and the reason why I, I, I would like for Pose to do something similar, like get three first rounds or or some a, a big haul, only because first of all, Drake may you know, I found out about those two knee injuries and, and, and Mitchell Trubisky keeps going through my mind when I hear about that kid. And uh and, and, and Caleb Williams I, I just, you know, he has, he's a heck of a talent, but I don't know if he can take that fan base here in Chicago, man. We kind of rough here. We, we're, 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 you know, we, we have a lot of criticism and, um, and, um, and yeah, so, I mean, what are we doing? Let's build a team. Let's build this. Let's just get a haul. Let's, let's, let's. Hey, man, bear down, man. Bear down, Thad. Bear down. Yeah, appreciate the phone call there. Bear down, says Thad. To his point about Caleb Williams, can he take the fan base here? Like, you see how bad it's been for guys in the past, whether it's Trubisky, Fields, even Cutler. And you see how the fan base reacts when they don't play well. And again, I think this all goes into Ryan Poles' draft process. If it were up to me... I'm picking Caleb Williams right now. However, I'm not the one that's interviewing him. I'm not the one digging in to try to find out who he is. Is he going to be able to handle this market? Because if he can't handle it and he's going to let the pressure crush him, then maybe I'm off of Caleb Williams. I just don't know those things. I I don't have the ability to dig into those and have those sort of sit-downs with a guy to figure that out. That's up to Ryan Poles. That's his job to figure out. And we're going to find out real shortly here. I also would like to add to the conversation about slippers earlier. Uh, Chris Bleck has chimed in. He says, you can't wear slippers at work. That's outrageous. And to that, I say, Chris, you work with a guy who sometimes wears no shoes to work with Yurko. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with having, like, a work pair of shoes. Like, you walk in the door, especially if it's crappy outside like it is today, especially if it's around the holidays right now and you just want to be cozy. Because you guys both have socks on, right? Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. You cannot like, wear these, these aren't without slipper socks. slippers. Let's make yeah, this clear. Mm-hmm. This is like, like you are able well, you to wear, wear these bad boys. Yes, you can wear like Obviously Frequently? not today because it's like raining. But on a normal sunny day, 100%, you can wear these outside. Definitely. I like. I have a pair at home that I'll use, and I'll like use it to go grab the mail, take out the trash, whatever. Sure. But uh, I, I wouldn't wear mine to work, but I don't think it's outrageous <laughs> to... To have a pair of work slippers, I don't think that's it's the wrong. Friday before it's Christmas, Friday, yeah. Like uh, every, there's nobody upstairs. Like nobody's been upstairs. That, that's all another day. thing too. Like it has just been since what, like twelve since me and Tyler. Like Tyler's been here before me, but since twelve when I got in, it has just been us. It's today. a ghost town <laughs> upstairs. I, like I, I am in a casual Friday outfit too. It, like I don't usually wear joggers to work unless I know nobody else is going to be in the building. And I kind of told myself today, today's a joggers to work day. I'm not wearing jeans. I'm not wearing golf pants or anything like that. I'm not wearing anything that needs a belt today. I'm wearing my joggers. So I've got my Lulu joggers on. 
here at work today. It's a casual Friday. No one's here. We're comfortable. comfortable. Of course, though, we're sitting down here, and our boss, Keith Williams, walked down with his family. Oh, my God. We we didn't even talk about this. Yeah. So I guess people did check in. I was trying to hide my slippers under the desk when he was walking in. I was trying to hide the slippers. Were you really? You were trying to hide the slippers? Were you you shaking a little bit? Like, not him, but, like, what, he had his family here? He had his entire family who's flown in for the holidays. That was funny. Well, it, it is casual Fridays, and then the boss walks in, and then you try to, like, uh, you're, hide like, hide, slippers. hide stuff underneath <laughs> the table there. All right, 312-332-3776. Is it okay to wear slippers to work? It, that, that's the question we're asking you, too, on this All Calls Welcome Friday. Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Slipper Friday here on Black and Abdallah. We got Sean. We got Justin, the mayor of Vibes. Hashtag vote for Vibes. They're both here in slippers here on this Friday. And I've gone to the top, fellas. I have texted the bosses of our bosses, oh, no. Keith Williams. Oh, oh yeah, here and we I go. asked him here a simple go. question. I texted Keith and I said, are we allowed to wear slippers to work? And he goes, it's not allowed. It's encouraged. <laughs> so you Let's guys go. are in the clear. You guys are in the clear. Bleck has responded Take to my text and, and says that this is not the dorm. No slippers at work. It is encouraged from Keith himself. But here's the thing. Chris That's is crazy. Also, Chris is also the station hall monitor. So I've heard this. So like I would uh, just I've heard this. Maybe not if you're filling in for Abdallah one day and you're you're or you're you're working the night show here with Bleck and Abdallah when they're here in the new year. Maybe don't slipper up because like the hall <laughs> monitor. He can still give you detention even if you don't break a rule, right? Like, that's just the way it works sometimes. So that's, that's what we're working with here. But Justin and Sean want to start Slipper Friday in the office. And according to Keith, that is encouraged. Encouraged by all to wear slippers. I'm so happy Keith said that because you know what? Like you, 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 you wouldn't you tell were, us. You were the one hiding your slippers. I from know, Keith. and that's and I, and I was scared that he was going to text saying, you know what? It's allowed, but it's disappointed on, and it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. That would, be worse. I, that, that would that would have been so much worse than slippers not being allowed at all. Does but, anyone notice? Has anyone noticed besides me? No one's been guys, here. Well, yeah, no one's been here, but like, ha- have you done this before? No, first this time first for me. Time? Actually, for the record, now that I'm thinking about it, the great Danny Zetterman oh, did say to me once back in the bullpen, nice slippers there. So, I mean, wow. I, I right, for so one think in. it's a nice thing. Slippers are allowed and encouraged and complimented. The boss is approved. So not just the boss approves, but the boss of our boss also approves and encourages it. All right. A lot of approval. If you have a dissenting slippers in the office opinion, we'd love to hear from you. 312-332-3776 on this All Calls Welcome Friday here. Talked a lot of bears with you, and we're getting into Slipper Friday. So are you guys officially starting this? Every this Friday. Every it's Friday. It's a slipper thing, I guess. Bring your slips. Must. 100%. It's a must. All right. Sorry, Black. You're not, you're not going to get your way on this one. All right. Each night at around 6.50, we bring to you the song of the night. I want 
Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Tonight's song. We go to 2022. The Brian Setzer Orchestra, The Nutcracker Suite. Here on this Friday, well, it is the Christmas movie season, and this is the song that is played during one of my favorite Christmas movie scenes, and that is the scene in Elf, where he is decorating the mall and turning it into a winter wonderland. And this is the song that plays while he is bouncing around, putting lights on after he's gotten the order because great scene because it's 10 a.m. Santa's coming tomorrow, and Santa, I know him. I know him. Great movie. Me and my buddy just rewatched this the other Did day. Did you? So good. It, Such a, a classic. T- you know, this year, Elf is 20 years old. 20. That's crazy. It's it's one of those ones that where it's it's like a newer era. I feel like we've stopped making Christmas movies as a society. Um, but this is one of like the newer Christmas movies. And it's 20 years old now. 20 years old. I gave out in What to Watch for, for with Waddle and Sylvie. The night before with Seth Rogen, and that is like one of the newer Christmas movies, and even that's almost ten years old now at this point. But uh, the Nutcracker Suite from the Brian Setzer Orchestra is your song of the night here on Black and Abdallah. the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for what dial there's there's no dial on my phone yeah it's just an crank the volume because it's time for black and abdallah's song of the night yo later the whole song is about seven and a half minutes but I, i i didn't think we needed seven and a half minutes for the song of the night this is no Stairway to Heaven situation here on Song of the Night. All right, we'll take more of your Bears calls when we come back. 312-332-3776. And are you anti-slippers in the office? All that and more coming up next here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky in for the guys tonight. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.